Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. So hello and welcome all of my beloved ones back to the Red Podcast. It's Elaine Kalila here and I am so delighted to have a sister who I've been courting in the ethers for quite some time. <laughs> she has a beautiful podcast of her own and her name is Meredith Rom. and some of you may already know her and if you do not, by the end of this conversation, I promise you will. <laughs> So Meredith, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to come and be with us. Thank you so much. I was honored to be invited. Mm, oh, so good. So good. So I know that you have your podcast. It's called Rising Women Leaders. And that's part of what attracted to me, me to you in the first place was this idea of women's leadership being in a position where we're being called to rise up. And that's very much what the Red Podcast is about, is women really leading from the edge of their evolutionary leadership of what it even means for us as women to lead. So that's a question that I have for you is, you know, having done, I think you've been doing your podcast for six years. So you've been talking to a lot of people, right? <laughs> and I, I'm super curious what now, if I was to ask you, if we start there, of like, what do you see as being the core for women leaders? And what is it for us as women to be in leadership? Like, what does that even mean for you now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dive right in. Well, the first thing I think of is just restoring balance of the feminine on our planet right now. And what does it look like to be fully embodying our essence of the feminine and in leadership? Mm-hmm. And so much in what we've seen in leadership, especially in our government, it's like, yes, women are rising up, women are becoming leaders. And so many of us have had to just put on the role as a man in order to be recognized mm-hmm. and to lead in that way. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to be able to see women, you know, rising into their voice and into their vulnerability and leading from their hearts and that being able to be integrated and part of how they lead in their lives, in their families, in their communities, mm-hmm. as teachers, as all the ways they feel called to serve and show up in their lives. It's going to be different for everyone. For some people, it's going to be getting up at podiums and yeah. you know leading in that way. And for some people, it's going to be the role of mother and leading in their family and showing up each day and 
other people, it's going to be more of a silent leadership of really holding a frequency of like, what is it that we are shifting in that collective right now? And how can we even, you know, smile at someone at the grocery store in a way that makes them feel seen and to allow that to be part of how we lead in our lives. Mm. I love that. I love that. I think a lot of the work that I've been doing in the world and the women that I've been talking to over the last, I don't even know, 10 years, I think there's a, a, there's been a lot of talk in my community, I'm sure this is probably true for you too, of, you know, a lot of women saying, well, I'm not a leader. Like I don't, you know, I don't see myself as a leader. And I think that there's been a big redefinition for us as women as to what that leadership can look like. So I really appreciate you naming all these different ways, whether it's at a podium or, you know, silent leadership or in our families, that leadership actually means is a conscious decision to step into what I would say creating your life from an intentional place, right? That you're choosing what you're showing up to. You're not just at the whim of it all, but you're actually making conscious choices. And I'm so curious about that for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just as much as we can, embodying our highest selves. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about teaching and showing up and being on the podcast and showing up with a client I get to show up as my best self (laughs) and I get to know her better and embody her more. Uh And that's so beautiful that we can just more and more step into our highest selves, our priestess selves of what we want to be sharing and showing up and serving. Mm. I love that. I feel the same way. You know, I feel the same way. I often say that, you know, the priestess presence, mystery school temple is a place that actually I feel so grateful to because it it actually provides me with the structure to have to show up. Yes. yes. Right. And it's such a gift. And I think that that's true for a lot of the women who are part of that community. But for me personally, it's kind of like, it's my accountability to have to keep showing up in service and bringing, like you said, my higher self or integrating my human self with my divine self and the path that I'm on. And so I just really appreciate that. So one of the other reasons, and I, I, I was courting you to come onto the Red Podcast, my love, was... And I don't know how I knew this, whether it's because I saw a podcast with you or I heard something, but I had the sense that you were connected into the Magdalenas and into Mary Magdalene. And I'm very much connected into that lineage myself. And so I'm, I've been wanting to collect together voices of the sisters who, who are connected to her to talk about who she is. And I think there's a deep connection between her rising up in our collective consciousness and this theme of women's leadership and who we are as leaders. And so I'm super curious, what's your story with her? How did she first awaken to you and, or in you? And yeah, just, just open the veils up a little bit and let us into that part of your life. Sure. So I was raised Christian, but in the um, Episcopal tradition, and I had heard of her a little bit, but really all I knew was, I remember seeing a picture in a book of her looking quite haggard and (laughs) washing Jesus's feet and being called as a prostitute. 
So that was my background of what I knew of her, which most of us, that's what we hear of her. And I think it was as I was coming onto this path of the priestess and um, becoming a yoga teacher and starting to find my voice. And at one point, a woman was reading my numerology and said, oh, you, you know, your numerology, according to the tarot, is corresponds with the priestess archetype. And so that was a little opening and starting to understand and research more. What is that? And how does that um show up in my life, but I felt really resonant and, and seen when she said that to me. And it was, I think a few years later, I started hearing Mary's name come up, um, around the time when the Pope declared the, her feast day and which might've been around 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. And I started, um, yeah, just looking up into more of who she was and starting to hear her name more and feeling a resonance. But really, it was around that time I went to a woman's circle that was about Mary Magdalene. And in the circle, she shared something about how Mary carried Mary, I believe, really was an equal to Jesus and also a teacher and a leader Mm -hmm. and perhaps his wife and counterpart and all of that. I've done lots of reading by now about all of that, and it resonates when I read all of that. Um, And also when I just connect with her and Mm -hmm. receive from her intuitively. But in this women's circle, there were... She talked about this wound that Mary carried around um, the fear of being seen Mm -hmm. and really being able to be a powerful leader in her time because of the very real truth that she could be stoned, that she could be killed, that if she were really up there on the stage with Jesus or doing healings or Mm -hmm. um, being seen as a powerful leader and a healer, that she could very much her life could be taken and Mm -hmm. that that is a wound that many women carry that's both cellularly been passed down in our ancestries for many women that have carried this especially going back to the time of the witch hunts and persecution um but also just something that she that she carried in her in her life and that she was here now in this time to help the women to heal this wound and to reclaim their voices and to feel safe in being seen. Mm. And I had always had this really deep fear of using my voice since I was started probably when I was around 12 Mm. and getting up and speaking in front of a group was like, above and beyond the scariest thing, heart beating, everything, sweaty palms, not even able to find my voice. And I pretty much shut down around that time and avoided as much as I could speaking and sharing myself in groups. And it wasn't until college that I realized that uh, that I really couldn't avoid it as much as I was trying to avoid all of these classes where I had to give presentations <laughs> and introduce myself in front of the group that it just kept happening. Mm. And even when I signed up for my yoga teacher training, I was like, I'm just doing this to learn about yoga for myself. I don't really want to teach. <laughs> 
And then lo and behold, like opportunities kept being presented to me to teach. And it was like, okay, I need to heal this wound. Mm -hmm. And so slowly, slowly, I started to find safe spaces and particularly women's circles where I started to use my voice and find that I could cry. I could pause. I could forget what I was saying. I could just let it all happen and still be loved and still feel safe. Mm -hmm. And so when she said that about she's calling us to find our voices and to heal this wound and even to pass the baton to us and to take like what she wasn't able to do in her lifetime and to carry that forth and share that with more women and to mm -hmm. help in this healing I so greatly resonated with that. And I immediately just began calling upon her for help. And I actually published a book in 2017, which led me to have to share events and um, be speaking in front of groups. And <laughs> I would call upon her every time before one of these events and just would connect with her and would know that, okay, I might have this cellular wound of being one of these women, but I knew that she mm -hmm. accomplished so much and she was so courageous. And I had her there at my back and just supporting me. And, um, and since then, yeah, there, another way that she, I feel like has helped initiate my path is I think it was around that same time I was leading groups of women, um, online, small groups and, I had just finished my training for EFT tapping, emotional freedom technique, which is also very much a healing modality for trauma and being able to release on a somatic level. And I started bringing this modality in with my clients and lo and behold, I think there were 12 women that year that I was working with. And I think it seven of them had experienced sexual abuse mm. and this had just started coming in to the sessions as as I started sharing the tapping as I started intuitively journeying with people into some of these memories and using tapping to release and I feel like there's something that Mary holds very much around healing sexuality mm. and allowing sexuality to be something that's safe and sacred as well as coming into our boundaries and finding our voice. And so I just was kind of thrown into like <laughs> helping wow. women in this new way. And it was so powerful and I felt capable of holding that space. Mm -hmm. And it very much just became this slow, intuitive process of, um, of womb healing, which I now do with many women. And even this week, as I've been showing up, it's like women who felt violated in the past, women who weren't able to find their voice, women who um, even experienced abuse in childhood. It's like these things are coming up to be healed right now. And I'm showing up as I can and saying yes and being of support. And mm. um, and I really do feel that because there are so many women I know that have experienced some form of assault or abuse sexually in their lives. And I think these that almost if we were to think of this on a higher level, that maybe some of us have called in those experiences to really find our power, to really find our voice, to really 
come into the sacred feminine essence of our womb space and to connect with that energy of Mary Magdalene and to heal once and for all this really deep wound that so many of us have carried for hundreds of years and to come into that empowerment. And I really feel her protection and embodiment around all of that beautiful yeah. healing that I get to participate in. You know, I well, thank you for sharing all of that, my my love. I, you know, there's something in what you just said that I that I want to just go into for a little bit because I think it's uncomfortable and I think it's edgy and and I think it causes confusion. And I just really want to have you speak into it with me and explore it a little bit because you know it's that piece around you know on a higher spiritual level do we call in an experience of trauma? And I, you know, I'm a I, I worked within the field of trauma for 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 25 years as a therapist before I sort of transitioned into more of the priestessing work. And it's been it, you know it's it's been something that I've really sat with right because because there's so many multiple dimensions of knowing and experience in our human bodies and so I'm super curious yeah you said like on a spiritual level right so I want to just have everybody listen into that for a moment of what actually Meredith is saying and then how do we reconcile what we as women or we as humans go through this, I think that this is at the heart of the Magdalene path, by the way, which it's really been my deep dive into her energy, her teachings, Jesus's teachings, the whole lineage of the way of love. But I'm super curious how you personally work with reconciling the traumas that we experience on this human plane and how we're being guided or how we're being called to heal those. And yeah, how do we hold the complexity of no one deserves yeah. to be hurt? Nobody, nobody is, you know, saying, yes, please me. I'd love to be traumatized. Yeah. And yet I've, I, in my, whatever, 35 years of working with women, I have yet to meet a woman who hasn't experienced or a human being who hasn't experienced some kind of trauma. Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. We're, I mean, we all experience struggle or some kind of trauma in this life. And I think it's because we live in a world of duality right now in this 3D realm. And we're here experiencing life in this form. Mm -hmm. And we choose in a way, I believe that we choose our challenges coming in, knowing that these are some ways that I'm going to learn and grow and become empowered. And perhaps maybe even it's important on my path to help others. Um, and of course, we can, you know, depending where we are in our healing journey, that might be too much to like even think about right now. You know, I think the first thing is feeling like anytime we've experienced a trauma, it's we need as much time and space and love and comfort and being held to feel the pain of what's there. And so when we go into a session and yeah, tears and feeling and anger and all of the emotions come up and um, the tapping is an amazing tool to help move that energy and to feel it. But I remind people like we we can never forgive something when there's still pain to be felt. And it might take years of just feeling 
pain and being in that to ever even consider getting to a point of wanting to forgive or ever getting to a point of um, wanting to even see it from a higher perspective of maybe this is part of my choice in this life. Um, it can be a lot to see it that way. But the reason I see it that way is because it gives me hope. Mm. And because when I just think of, oh, this mm. is an awful world where awful things happen to people, um, it feels really, <laughs> feels really dreary. It feels like, what's the point? What's even the point? Like, I don't want to be here if that's the case. And for me, just knowing that maybe there is something beyond this life and maybe there is reincarnation and we're coming in to clear past karmas and imprints from past lives. And the more we can show up fully to the healing and the feeling and to find that forgiveness and to find equanimity amidst all of these terrible challenges and things that might happen and to show up with gratitude as best we can in moments when things are hard, mm. that maybe this will evolve us into a greater place uh, for this life and for future lifetimes. And maybe we won't even have to keep reincarnating if we can go into another place beyond um, it gives me hope to mm. think of things in that way. Mm. And I think for a lot of people too, when they can find, like when they're just in the, mm -hmm. the awfulness of something that may have happened in their past, it can be really hard to move forward. But if they can find some little ounce of meaning in it, or understanding of like why maybe this happened, or maybe there's one little thing that I learned from this, or I gained, or this wisdom somehow yeah. is serving me on my path, then that can just be this yeah. window of hope yeah. and to step into to their life in, an, in a more empowered way. Yeah. Thank you, sweetheart. You know, I, as you're speaking, Ugh, you know, it, my, my heart gets really tendered because I am, um, I feel like, you know, I talk, a, I talk a lot about what I believe that, you know, the Magdalene ministry to really be about. And, and for me, it, it's actually about rolling my sleeves up and getting my hands dirty and getting into my humanity in the deepest way. And I think I've come to this place as you're speaking, you know, which is, with what I've experienced in my own life of my own heartbreak and trauma and being witness to so many other people's heartbreak and trauma that's immense. There is nothing that can condone the pain that we experience, right? There's no, there's no amount of rationalization that can say that that pain should exist. And yet it seems that that is our human condition, the pain and suffering alongside the beauty and the bliss and the joy and the ecstasy. That duality you spoke of is our human experience. Yeah. And so for me, the, 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 the place that I've come to, and I think that this is really um, at the heart for me, as I said, of the Magdalene is, can I embrace that humanity? Can I embrace my brokenheartedness? Can I be with that? And can I be with those parts of my humanity that I may judge or I may separate from or I see as the shadow or I don't like in other people? And can I choose to bring the love there? Yeah. Not as a bypass to like ameliorate the horror, 
but can I be with it? Because yes, love is a multi, yeah. right? Is a multifaceted experience. Love is not one thing. Love is every face of the goddess, every face of love that's available to us. And I, I feel like one of the things that we're being super challenged with in this world at this time, right now, if we're all here incarnating and then saying, well, what's my purpose here? What am I really up to? Is what I would call that choice to awaken love which is really, can I be with your difference? Can I be with the pain? Can I be with the suffering without trying to fix it or change it, but bringing the ministry of that love to it? And there's something, there's something so powerful in that that's hard to access from the mind because the mind constantly is looking for the solution to the problem, right? It's like, well, how do we fix the world? How do we fix this world? And I'm not sure that we're at the point of being able to fix this world. I'm just going to say it. And that's not because I'm hopeless. It's because what I see is that the world is dying and in a death row that isn't to be fixed. It's actually to be supported. What's dying needs the support to die. And I really feel like that's why many of us are here, is because we're actually being called to be present with the the appearance of the madness that we're living in and to find, like you said, the hope or the peace that we can hold that has meaning or beauty to it. Yes. Yeah. To witness it and to show up in the little ways that we can. And if I can show up and sit with a woman as she feels her feelings, that makes a huge difference so I know it does your presence right yeah that's right I heard myself saying this I was just finishing up a a week-long retreat intensive with a circle of women and you know it it reminds me it's actually a Buckminster Fuller quote and it's it's where he says don't know ever imagine that you're that you don't matter that what you're bringing doesn't matter because we've been taught individually who we are doesn't matter the, our presence doesn't matter who, what can I do against this raging madness of the world and yet I truly believe that that actually what the Magdalene consciousness is awakening is is that every single one of us actually matters in the presence like you just said your impact you don't know what the impact is of your presence when you truly show up in love of how that can ripple and move through to many people through one person. Yes. Yeah. So and true. it's powerful. And I think about you making the choice to find your voice. And yeah. You know what I mean? And not to stay silent because you were scared of using the voice. And I think, you know, that that wound that you spoke to is so prevalent, right? And I think it's so funny that you end up being a host of a, of a podcast. <laughs> Well, you're using your voice all the time, right? It was part of the healing. It was part of yeah. why I started it. It was like, okay, I'm going to challenge myself. Ooh, how was that? Were you terrified when you first started doing I'm it? Terrified. I'm still terrified. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier though now. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I bet. Well, you've got some practice at it, right? So it makes a difference. <laughs> What would you say, you know, within the work that you've been doing, because I can hear that you, you've you chosen or you, you followed the path of, of being one who sits in a place of healing, 
of creating healing spaces for, for women. Yeah. What would you say for you, my love, is the most beautiful aspect of your work? Mm. <laughs> mm. What first comes to mind is just the energy of a woman's circle and whether that's in person or online, but everything from the actual physical beauty of being able to walk into a space where you feel all of your senses come alive and the, the sights and the sounds and the colors and the, the taste and the smells to being able to sit in that sacredness and feel connected to something greater than yourself. Mm. And then the safety that can happen when there's a container, a strong container being mm. held of mm. someone there holding a structure, which I've really learned to hold over these years. And then the softening that can happen for women in that space and the heart opening mm. and the ability to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I think that is just to show up as you are mm-hmm. and to feel safe and seen mm-hmm. and supported mm-hmm. in whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Those places where we get to really be witnessed as we kind of un- de-armor ourselves and, you know, take away all the pieces that we think should be there to protect us, right? Yeah. And that helps so much with this other wound, which is isolation. Yeah. We're so much feeling separate right now in these times and just in our homes, working on our own goals and with our own websites and all the things and, and to feel the coming together and the breaking down of those barriers and to come into relationship with others in a way that's deeply meaningful. I am someone who really can't stand small talk. It's like I avoid parties a lot of the time just because I just want to go deep with people and some spaces don't fully support that. And Mm -hmm. that's what I love about the programs I offer and the way I sit with women one-on-one. It's like all those layers are able to drop and we can be real and honest. Mm-hmm. I hear you. <laughs> I'm really the same way. I get, I always say I'm allergic to small talk. I don't really know how to do it. And I never have. <laughs> I think that's probably true for many of us who are drawn to this, this path or to, you know, the, the, the world of embodying spirit and being connected to the sacred in our lives. It, it's, it's the search, right? The seeking for a place where we get to be nourished at a deeper level. And it's like, yeah, I don't want the popcorn. I want the meal. <laughs> and I don't judge if you love, love the popcorn, go for the popcorn. It's just not, my, it's just not, it, it's not going to satiate me, you know? And so it's interesting. So I have a couple questions for you because when I started the Red podcast, Red, who is an archetype unto herself, um, said, okay, these are the questions that you're going to ask every woman who comes on the Red Podcast. So the first one is, um, what are you devoted to 
Meredith. What are you devoted to? Yeah. A few things came to mind first. Yeah. My family, my husband, Mm. my daughter, Mm. earth, my connection to something greater, which is always evolving. Right now, I'm really so teachings of Yogananda. So Mm. right now, he's on my altar and uh, sitting in silence as much I can. I'm actually on day 26 consecutive days of meditation. So that is a huge accomplishment for me. (laughs) Well, especially (laughs) with a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've, yeah, I went through, I think a lot of us went through the pandemic and time of losing a lot of our practices. Mm -hmm. And especially with my postpartum year, it's like so much went out the window and I could see how it was affecting me. And I really was like, I need something. I need yeah. to, I need to connect to something yeah. greater. How was it affecting up. you? Yeah, I'm curious how it was affecting you. What did you notice? Um, uh, like the challenges in my relationship, uh-huh. um, being sh- with people, um, physical pain coming up more often. Uh, just feeling depressed mm-hmm. and of just yeah. anxiety, those things. Yeah. I think that's super important to realize that because I think sometimes I know this is true for me. I don't realize the connection between the somatic, emotional, relational, what's going on in me is actually connected to a signal that not, you know, that there's some kind of nutrient missing, whether that's a physical nutrient or an emotional or a spiritual, right? Like across all the places that I'm somehow not getting what I need. And um, so I really just want to acknowledge that because that's like a huge, I think a huge piece of why we as women actually need to be around each other is because it's so I I really feel like we remember who we are in the presence of each other. It's like, oh, that's it. There it is. And that's part of what we, we function as a sisterhood together. And I think that's what is actually intrinsic to who we are. And you mentioned the isolation. And I think that's real. I think it's really real that we feel like we all have to do it all on our own all the time and know all the answers to what we need all the time, just through ourselves. And I don't think that's how it works. I think we're interrelational. (laughs) Yeah, and you'll say it, and I'll be like, "Oh, I need to go look at that." Perhaps, yes, okay, good, good idea, right? It's so true that happens in circles so often. Right, and a woman will say something, and it's exactly the medicine you need. To exactly, hear. that's what I was just yeah. saying. The medicine keepers, you know, like we don't have to be all the medicine. We can help each other with the medicine we need. It's so good. Okay, there's another question. What do you avoid? but secretly yearn to express? (laughs) (laughs) What do I avoid? Secretly yearn to express. Mm. It's like, it's hard to pinpoint something just seeing what comes to mind around what comes to my mind when you ask this question um I mean I think 
it's, I just think it's so hard being human in these times. And like there, what comes to my mind, it's not quite secretly yearned to express, but maybe secretly yearned to do. Um, and it might be like, just, I, you know, things related to diet and, um, Netflix shows, <laughs> like things like that <laughs> comes to mind. You know, I just, I eat a, a fairly clean diet and I avoid sugar and, my god bless my dad he sent me these cupcakes they live in new york city and they sent me these magnolia cupcakes from this like famous bakery in new york city overnight for mother's day which is this weekend and it's like i avoid things like that because i am highly sensitive and it does affect me and um and yeah, I think you're like to be able to just eat the cupcake sometimes, you know, yes. and, <laughs> and to not have to be so strict about that. And, and it's interesting because like I do, I do let myself go into that sometimes and there's a cost. So it's like to really have to balance, you know, what, what is what is the cost that I'm okay to take on? And the same with, you know, sometimes I need to watch something and I'm like going through the shows and I'm like, Oh, I can't do anything with violence. I can't do anything with, cause I'm so highly sensitive. And I'm like, okay, I found this one show that's about ancient civilizations and I can, <laughs> and at least there's, <laughs> at least I can watch a little bit of that. If I just need like 15, 20 minutes to zone out or something. <laughs> So we need those things. We need those ways to just like not be so hard on ourselves all the time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I really hear that. And I think it's that whole thing of like, you know, the either or the black and white thinking the like, I have to be this way and not that way. And every time we set up those kind of rules, well, I know this is true for me. My sacred rebel just is like, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like a red rag for me it's like a red rag to a bull that's just how I'm wired <laughs> so I have to tread really lightly around the rules that I put you know what I mean and expression and what's really healthy and what's actually imbalanced and that is never one thing and it's always changing and you know I was just talking about this with someone the other day because you know, I turned 55 this year and I'm like, holy shit, I'm fully in my menopausal like madness. Like I'm over here. And I said, you know, like that's like when you go through menopause, it's like they they take away the map and the navigation tools and then they say, now see how you can do it. And you're like, holy shit, okay. And you really get that that you that it's like your balance is so sensitized and you're just like constantly changing and it's never the same and you never know what's going to hit you and it's always like can you stay present and centered anyway because it you don't have that cycle happening every month that you can go oh, I know where I am and what I'm doing no that's not happening <laughs> yeah. and I think there's something there's something beautiful and liberating in that and it's kind of um it's like, it's, it's a maverick time. That's how I feel about it. It makes you be a bit more maverick, <laughs> which yeah. personally I kind of enjoy. <laughs> so, um, okay. My last question to you, these are the questions here. So what is the most revealing thing about you that you hide? <laughs> she loves to ask wow. these naughty questions. What- <laughs> um, mm. 
Uh, well, I mean, a couple of things come to mind. Um, I mean, on the, the Magdalene energy, you know, sensuality is a really mm-hmm. big part of my life. And, you know, finding balance of like, of how to be a yogi and also <laughs> embrace that as who I am and part of, and something that's nourishing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, becoming a mother has been um, not so easy to even find the time or space to express that sensual side and have time and intimacy with my partner. So that's a huge navigation right now of just what uh, yeah. how can that look in right. our lives. And, um, and it's, yeah. it's shifting and changing and, you know, sometimes it goes away for a while and sometimes it comes back and it's like to be okay with what is. And, uh, as we move through these different phases of our life. So. Oh, I really <laughs> hear you. And for all the new mamas out there, <laughs> shifting in the intimacy and how that works. And for all the menopausal queen crones out there. Yeah, it's huge navigating that transition also when it comes to intimacy in our bodies and what's going on and how we feel and what we want or don't yeah. want. Changing hormones and things. Oh my gosh, it's real, it's real. But I really, I really hear you that that place of sensuality and how we meet that and how we embody that and and how you feel as a mom, right? Your body has shifted, you priorities shift, you have a baby, you have this other tremendously powerful force in your life that is, yeah. you know, that, that, that is bonded to you in a way that you've never had before either. It's like, oh my gosh, and that changes everything. So I just really hear you when it's not been that easy to make that transition. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know that you've slowed down, had to, had to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah had so much energy building my business in my 20s and like now mid-30s having a child and it's like wow what do I really have energy for and <laughs> making shifts and priorities and running my right? business different and yes. slowing down and being realistic around oh. what I have space to hold at I, least in this time I so it does hear you <laughs> but yes you know, I, um, I I think that that's really, really true. And I think I was just saying to a whole bunch of women, you know, like um, that one of the things I can, I, 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 I have learned at this point in my own life is, is that never take it for granted because it will always, it's going to change, you know, and mm-hmm. the energy that you have in your twenties and thirties, when you get to your fifties, it's an t- entirely different story. And so it's like, wherever you are at, fully enjoy it, fully immerse in it because it ain't going to be here forever. <laughs> it's always, and one thing we can guarantee is it's always going to change. And, yeah. um, and that's really important, you know, and it's like, I think about you with your baby, you know, that's the truth with the baby too. It's like, they don't stay there very long. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And changing. And it's such a lesson in in impermanence and in the the gratitude for each every in every moment, like fully living it, because it's not gonna, you're not gonna have it again. It's not, you know, there'll be other moments, but there won't be that moment. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you, Meredith, for being here and taking time out of your busy life with your baby and, you know, all the rest of it to be here. And for those of you who are curious to learn more about Meredith and what she's up to in the world, you can find her bio on the page along with a link to a free gift and also the link to where she is on the web and on Instagram and everything else. And I just want to take a moment to thank you really fully for being here with me. Mm. It's lovely to get to ha- get to know you. Uh, this is one of my favorite things about the podcast, yo, is, is like it just gives me an opportunity to have a cup of tea with people I'm curious about. Do you feel that way too? Absolutely. I love it. I love the connections that have been I know. It's so fun. It's such a fun way to get to share and be intimate. And I love the audio as a version of how we communicate. I just find it so intimate. So for all of you who've been listening, I send you so, so much love. And as usual, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and share it with someone you love. And I will be back real soon with another episode of The Red Podcast. All right, my loves. We'll speak soon. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Red Podcast. It's been an honor to have you here with us. As Red Women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings.